In the watch enthusiast universe, the watch enthusiasts are represented by two separate yet equally unimportant human beings. KC, who has nothing, and John John, who knows nothing. This is their podcast. The KC and John John Show! Hello everybody, and welcome back to the 15th inaugural episode of KC and... John John! And that's right. Welcome back, everybody. And this is, you know, the 15th episode of our podcast. And uh, again, it just means the world to us that, you know, all five, oh, sorry, six of you are listening to us now because uh, we gained one follower back. So that's great. Yeah. And uh, as a result again, of my I'm excellent doing... hosting. Yes. Uh, yes. The, the comedic value of it just, just brought the followers in. Yeah. So. And that's why uh, I'm here. Since I... Yes. So would you like to do the hosting for today then? Now you do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, again, we're just going to have to do the usual disclaimer because we need two, one at the beginning and one at the end uh, because we our podcast is filled with information and advice and just great knowledge overall. But please don't take us too seriously and don't sue us. Because we won't appear in international court. We just refuse to. Yeah. So, so uh, John, have you received any feedback on our intro and outro that we've just uh, introduced recently? Um, you know what? That's a very good question. And thanks for asking. We've actually only received... We've only, <laughs> we've only received positive feedback because uh, that's what we requested. And, and that's how we yeah. roll. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, we don't want to have hurt feelings. Not at all. Hurt feelings. So uh, we, we, because of all this positive feedback, uh, we've mm-hmm. decided to introduce the person who is responsible for this intro and outro today. Yeah. And that is our very good friend, Mr. Furry. Welcome aboard, Mr. Furry. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you all are, beautiful people. What's happening? What's going on? What's shaking? What is going on, man? <laughs> Nothing much. Just chilling at a midnight on a fucking Wednesday night. <laughs> nice. Because that's how it is when you roll with Casey and John John. Yeah. You best believe that's how it's going to always be. Even and when I come exactly... to Malaysia, we're going to just see each other at midnight and that's it. <laughs> and uh, what, what exactly are you rolling with currently, Mr. Furry? What am I rolling with? Um, yeah. On my wrists? No, on, on in your glass. In my glass, okay. Yeah. In my glass, I am rolling with Casamigos and Yeho. That is the tequila which was bought out by George Clooney, and it is actually uh, George, quite. Good. George Clooney, you can sponsor us as well. Yes. Jo- George Clooney is also sponsored by Omega, so Omega can also sponsor us. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. Shout out Swatch <laughs> Groups. Yeah. yeah. And since we're on the topic of uh, you know um, checking what is going on with us, what do we have on our wrist? We're going to do a wrist check today, I guess. So um, what do you have on your wrist, John? I I have uh, my wrists are bare currently. In fact, in fact, my my entire body is bare currently, uh, except for my boxers. Yeah, that's great. That, that's yeah. TMI, but also great. Uh, what about you, Bat? Uh, what about you, Mister Furry? <laughs> um, on my wrists, um, on my left wrist, I got the Marathon Search and Rescue Chronograph, which is a Canadian based company which makes their watches over in switzerland and on my right wrist i have the garmin descent mark ii mm-hmm. cool 
Does this mean you are double wristing? Yes, it is. And do do I I I just smell an air of excellence and of a piece unique? Is that the contrail on your wrist that I'm sensing? That is right. I do have the Contrail 2 Laguna Sand Lost Edition piece unique on my wrist. Uh, gorgeous piece from Notice. Uh, please sponsor us, Notice. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, that's that's what we've got on our wrist. And this leads us really nicely in today's first segment, which is Cliché Corner. Yes. And our Cliché of the Week or of the podcast, uh, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is double wristing. So, could you tell us a bit more about double wristing, Mr. Furry? Sure. Uh, double wristing um, is typically something that before the activity trackers came out that certain douchebags only did, which is they put on Rolexes <laughs> on both wrists or at <laughs> watch shows you would walk in and Jean-Claude Bivet or whoever would have two hoop lows on his wrist. But for us, yeah, but for us peasants, um, it's usually you have an, a health-based device on your right wrist and your regular device on your left. For me, it came out of necessity. So out of necessity, I needed to get healthier, and I did. Mm-hmm. I got an activity band and quickly outgrew that. So I needed a triathlon computer and got a Polar V800. And I still needed a watch with elapsed timing on my left wrist, either a chronograph okay. or a dive bezel. And since I'm a scuba diver, naturally had to have one. And once that uh, watch sort of died, I ended up getting the Garmin Descent Mark II, and it is the perfect watch. It is essentially a triathlon computer with a dive computer module added to it. And the funny thing is, out of all the people in the watch community that I've encountered in North America, they would look at that Polar V800 and not bat an eye, but the Garmin, uh-huh. they started to freak out a little mm-hmm. just okay. by seeing it. And I think that could lead us into our next topic. Uh, yeah, actually, b- before we even get into that, I, I think um, you've sort of dropped a lot of uh, teasers here mm-hmm. into <laughs> what exactly it is you do. Because, I mean, a lot of people are going to be wondering, like, oh, who, who is this Mr. Furry and why does he need uh, to keep his health so good and keep business away from us doctors? Yeah. And also, you know, <laughs> like, wh- why does he need elapsed time and, and a smartwatch and, and a, a dive module? So... Go and give us a little bit of an introduction of yourself after introducing us. Sure. So, shameless plug. You can find me on Instagram at FurryWristAbroad. And the funny thing about that ha- about that handle, before we get into more of who I am, I did not know what furries were when I made this handle. <laughs> and, within, and within two weeks, a bunch of furries, and I'm talking about local furries, like here in Toronto, Canada, started messaging me and leaving messages and i was like guys my god kids and family frequent my my page and say what you will about the furries every single one of them were super polite and a few of the community leaders here went and said stay away from this guy he's not one of us and they never bugged me since so that's 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 pretty awesome that's that's pretty sweet for a bunch of weird people. And I also got a <laughs> website called uh, furrywristabroad.com where I actually do writing on various things. And mm-hmm. as far as needing Like the furry devices, community? Uh, no, uh, we do not speak about your community <laughs> in public, John. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as far as um, the needing to stay healthy and stuff, um, that was just a choice. But needing a dive uh, module is because I'm a master scuba diver. 
and flex. Not really. First flex of the day. His first flex of the day. We're going to have many of those. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, nice. the, and the dive uh, bezel and the chronograph is for billing multiple clients per hour. We will not get into what I do for a living because with my voice, it may be instantly recognizable. And we're going to keep the shit oh, anonymous. Ew. So. Cheers. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. This is our first anonymous guest on our podcast, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know who he is, before. actually. Yeah, no. we don't. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a mystery to us. We only know yeah. him as Mister Furry, and we only know his voice. Is. Yeah, and, and that has led to a lot of you know awkward conversations for us as well. Like, oh, who did your your uh, introduction? Oh, Mister Furry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know you involved in that community. Awkward and arousing. <laughs> Which is how we roll. That's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward arousing and janky. Yes. We should we should add that to the tagline. We should. We should. Um, yeah. So si- since we were on the topic of um, double wristing, uh, have you so- received any sort of feedback uh, from double wristing? Oh yes. Um, from average uh, human beings, not watch idiot savants. They're like, oh, you got two watches quickly get, tell them why and they move on but from watch mm-hmm. idiot savants as i said with the garmin they actually see yeah. it as a threat because they automatically see a device which makes what they have and what their passion is obsolete so um which is all true of any like five dollar quartz watch you can get at the market uh mm. well the it's the overwhelming competency of this device yeah which yeah. does it right this, this one's overkill well, not of, unless you use it, which I do. So even when I go oh, golfing, it has the golf map on there, and it tells me how long my shots were and stuff. So oh, uh, second flex of the day. Ex- ex- yeah, I golf. That's a flex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty so much. it's got everything. So um, and you know, watch it at Savants. They can sm- sniff. They can smell how much a watch is on your wrist, and they see a module mm-hmm. like that on your wrist, and they're like, okay that's yeah. something that is threatening and that's something which i have experienced in all cities that i've encountered mm-hmm. watch idiot savants with okay okay yeah. uh so john um have you ever double wristed um i've only ever double wristed to gtgs or get togethers as they say in the in the watch community Same um, here. Yeah. other otherwise uh no i don't yeah yeah, yeah like here. I, uh, I don't, I don't need to ve- measure my vitals because ignorance is bliss. The less you know, the better mm-hmm. you sleep. Uh, shout out, shout out Agreed. to Swagger Salon and Lancy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a local clothing brand, streetwear brand. Yeah, Wicked. yeah. yeah. So uh, I've also um, double wristed, as John mentioned, to mm-hmm. GTGs and stuff. Uh, but okay, and once again, we hear emergency vehicles in the background. Uh, yeah, staple welcome. of the KC and John podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I, I done it to GTGs, but for a short time, I also used to wear a fitness tracker on my right wrist. That's right. Uh, which was the, the the Xiaomi band and also a Garmin Vivo Fit, I think. Oh, nice. So, so now Xi Jinping he, knows all your vitals. Yeah, he does. And, and I'm very ass. glad that he's uh, taking care of me. Yes. So, as the, the weird thing is, even wearing these bands, which I would argue don't really look like watches, because they're very obviously, you know, like they're just a band. It, mm-hmm. it, it's literally just like a bracelet, pretty much. Uh, but people would still be like, oh, why are you wearing two watches? 
Mm. So that that's a response that I got even from doing that. Yeah, I would say it's kind of like like those uh, live strong rubber brands that people used to wear back in like the yeah, early two yeah, thousands, yeah. right? The bright neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a fad that aged well. <laughs> oh yeah, it really has. We've we've moved oh, on to God. like bracelets and um, people who don't cheat for a yeah. living. Yeah, I guess so. So with more than with about... more than one testicle as well. That's true. It's more air, it's more aerodynamic, as Robin Williams said. <laughs> <laughs> it's weight saving, super leggera. So, yep. so, um, <laughs> since we're on the topic of uh, you know being being aerodynamic with one testicle. Uh, <laughs> Okay, 12 minutes and it's already off the rails. There we go. Oh, God, it's so far off the rails. Uh, We're going to make an abrupt 180-degree turn and go right into our main topic of the day, which is news that has shaken the watch world. Oh, yeah. Absolutely shattered previous perceptions and, and just changed everything. Yeah. And that, of course, is the whole acquisition or um well not really acquisition but more of it's, an a, it's a partial investment in by yeah. a certain company into a certain watch publication that everyone seems to enjoy hating on recently yeah uh, let, you, let's not name yeah. these brands no. shall we why not yeah let's 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 do uh, it oh May, yeah, maybe maybe it, no you know? maybe we'll we'll put a placeholder kind of name yeah uh, okay, so the the brand uh, that that is uh, do, doing the investing mm-hmm. uh, starts with an L and, and ends, ends with, with a VMH. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of pronounced <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and yeah. uh, the brand it was being invested to is uh, starts with a hole and ends uh, rhymes with donkey. Yeah. So yeah. So, ho donkey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and ho donkey. And the whole investment thing. And, and that has really raised up a lot of questions uh, amongst the watch community about things like, you know, transparency. Yeah, and like the, integ- and the integrity of, of watch journalism, if if you may. Yeah, as a whole, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's really brought up a lot of things. Uh, but I, I'm interested to know, what, what are your opinions on this, uh, Mr. Furry? Okay, my first opinion on this and... Um going to be very succinct about it is to the whole watch community is get the fuck over yourselves um (laughs) seriously because and this is my second flex of the day every morning i start by reading two newspapers actual fucking journalism Mm -hmm. and wow every single outlet that is out there that whizzes read is not journalism it is essentially regurgitating press releases of watch brands the liberal media out to get you, mainstream <laughs> media, and yes, exactly even their watch reviews um, blatantly leave out parts. Like, and I can speak to the dive watches, which they blatantly leave out parts which make watches not usable, <laughs> right? For diving, for diving. So they're literally yeah. just doing what they can to keep the brands happy moving forward. I know a lot of these writers. I refuse to call them journalists. I know them personally. And they're good people, but they need work. So for the watch enthusiast community to 
throw a desk over and to start complaining that what about transparency? What about the journalism, all this stuff? You never actually had it in the first place. And they are simply trying to add worth to themselves mm-hmm. and their hobby. And it's a level of delusion that I quite frankly find a little sad. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, I do agree. Um, yeah. Cheers to that. Uh, I, I actually have noticed in the past that um I, I don't think this is a new thing. Or for some reason, it's opening a lot of people's eyes. But I feel that the watch community, I mean, the watch um, writing community has always kind of been in bed with these brands and companies because mm-hmm. they depend on them for what they write. Yeah. Yeah. I will, if, I will if, say Oris yeah. is a little different. I have dealt with mm-hmm. Oris and they have literally said, you can write whatever you want. And we'll still give you watches. So that's nice. Yeah, and that's very nice them. and that's primarily because <laughs> they know where I stand with a certain line of their watches, and mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I've basically moved on from writing from watches. But I know mm-hmm. that Swatch Group, it may be a little different. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as well as Levumf, uh, they're a little bit different as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the most egregious examples, and, and this was something that really. Uh, I think this was the first point where I realized, like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Was the Hublot Golf Edition? The what Hublot was that? Big Bang Golf Edition. Uh, it, it's a watch that comes integrated with a pusher. Uh, and when you push on it, you can keep count of your score. Nice. And they call that a complication. That is stupid. Well, to be that, fair, it, to be fair, anything added. Um, Aside from like a time, is uh-huh. a complication. Like even a date, is a complication. Yes, but so I would personally think that to be a complication, you'd have to be somewhat watch related. So meaning whether you're keeping a uh, account of the dates, mm-hmm. days, chronographs, moon mm-hmm. phases, it has to have a direct link to the watchmaking device. To like time itself, the time movement really, itself. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this my... is literally. My question you know, like is like a clicker counter okay, where good. people walk into a plane and you click and you count how many people are on the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh god. It's pretty much this <laughs> but in a watch. No. It's that? Okay. Yes. What? So it's, it's basically that, keeping your pass score. Yeah, it is. I see. Okay, that That's that all. is that is stupid. That's all it does. <laughs> That's all it does. And the reason why this is really stupid, and anyone who is out there who's golfing can speak to this, um, 30% of your shots are mulligans anyway. You're not counting them. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, give me a break. Yes, I got that I didn't know. Yeah. You don't know what a mulligan is? Do you know what a mulligan is, John John? Yeah, where you don't count it, you just grab a ball and you swing again. Okay. Yeah. No, like that. So, yeah, that's garbage. See, educational I, I for like people that. who I'm don't know golf. Again. Yeah, very much that's so. Rec- recreational so, uh, golf where you're drinking and having fun. Ah, so, I can't get around that. <laughs> so it was super <clears throat> visible to me because it was very obvious how hard uh, Hodonki was um, writing about this watch and trying to portray it in a positive light. Mm-hmm. And that was just, you know... Like there was no way you could make you could paint that in positive light. I think you just shouldn't have written about it at all, mm-hmm. or wrote, yeah, wrote so. about it and mentioned 
how stupid it is if you're an actual journalist. And maybe yeah, you write about where uh, Hublot actually gets their cases made. Fun Ooh. things like that, you know. Talk about things in the watch industry that would actually open the eyes for the readers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring yeah. something new to the table. Yeah. Do some investigative journalism. Find hey, man, maybe we could get into that. Where, where does Oris get their cases made? Is it in Switzerland? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Probably not. So, you know, rather than regurgitating whatever the brand releases for their marketing, you know, mm-hmm. just actually doing something proper. Yep. And yeah. at that point, um, like when you're thinking about newspapers, uh, the mm-hmm. re- avenue to get to that point is these publications would have to rely on something other than the watch brands for their income, which is where if you go mm-hmm. to the past, like Revolution, a blog to watch, all of them, they've actually, before they started collaborating with these brands, they just advertised their brands, right? So yep. no matter what, you're not going to get good journalism. So Agreed. Yeah. So I, I, I think you, you said that, you know, the watch community should just get over itself about this uh, whole bit of news. Yeah. But I think at the same time that a lot of people are only realizing this now. Then they're fucking idiots. I I would say I would say people realize this from when Hodonki started their Hodonki store and they were writing about the watches that they sold in this store. Um mm-hmm. and that was when <clears throat> all I guess objectivity went out the window in a way where yeah. we're just basically writing in a way of how do we sell more of this yeah, um, it's not consumer yeah. advice anymore. No, True. it's like advice yeah. to consume our what we are selling to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. You're you're releasing consumer advice, and the advice is buy our stuff. Yeah, and yeah, which... to be and to be honest, for those listening, um, and this may tread on some of the people that we know, a very quick way to see journal writing that is on the verge of not being biased because we all have a bias as humans anyway yeah is if you go over their reviews by a certain writer and everything is i was so impressed by this oh my god this is amazing this is great Mm -hmm. you never Mm -hmm. actually see someone bucking the trend so that's true Mm -hmm. and there are also a lot of phrases that i've noticed that um these watch writers like to use in order to sort of blur the lines between what is an actual flaw and but not actually painting it as a flaw. You know, okay. they'll say stuff like, um, the case is uh thick, but it wears surprisingly well on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so they'll That's go another with an cliche. Point. Yeah. Yeah, like they'll go with an objective point and then they'll insert a subjective opinion into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and sort of just distort the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, fine, it wears well on your wrist according to your perception, but the fact is it's a chunky-ass watch. Yep. Yeah. I have a marathon yeah. on my wrist that it's like having the front half of a Honda Accord chopped off and put on my wrist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it and doesn't wear well. It's old on Honda Accords. It's a modern Honda Accord. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's these sort of things that, that make you question the whole, as you mentioned, you know, like I don't think you can even use the term journalistic integrity. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. It, I don't think there's much journalism or integrity going on here. Yeah. There is, but 
like again just to bring it back it's just not to bash on to people there are some writers that i've met in person mm -hmm. who are yeah. excruciatingly intelligent mm -hmm. and when mm -hmm. you speak to them in person they literally tell you what's up but you read the reviews okay. and it's top 10 pilot watches for the summer right mm, and that's yeah. and that's because that's their job um, being yes. a writer in any sense does not pay the bills you will never achieve the dream of owning a home if you're a writer right yeah. mm -hmm. so you you have to cut the corners where you can and just get that in but yeah as an aside I, from my own personal experience, I do not think watching through watch idiot savants want actual journalism, because mm -hmm. I wrote a review for an SKX as a dive watch, and I mm -hmm. received like maybe thirty percent positive reviews of oh we didn't know this was true about this watch in a dive setting, but seventy percent of them were all negative and bashing it based on what they had read on forums. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those of you for those of you who don't know uh, this review, I think you can find it on furrystabroad.com. Yep, it's under the articles and contributions section. I wrote it for the watch clicker, uh, hashtag watch clicker. Um, you know, shout sponsor out to us. Friend yes. Will. Yeah, shout sponsor out to us. Will. Yeah, you're making you. you're you're making money off your watch photography now. You can you can sponsor <laughs> these boys. <laughs> I wrote it for his website, and uh, as far as the DMs that I was getting from actual Red Bar members, it was. Mm -hmm. It was actually pretty shocking, and these are so, edu a quick summary. People, what yeah. what did you say about the SKX? Uh, the SKX essentially um, the bezel was a little too loose, so mm -hmm. okay. with the wrist flexations and the expansion and retraction of the wetsuit of going past sixty feet of depth and coming back up, the bezel was actually moving on its own, mm -hmm. which okay. is not a good thing. And no, second, no, and it's not. And second, Hardlex is a really bad modern crystal to use. And I'm using the term crystal because that's the first thing that comes to mind mm -hmm. because it scratches easily. And someone yep. on when the DMs said, oh, but it's more shatterproof than Sapphire. And it is not. I have actually shattered my first SKX on the hull of a boat. And it mm -hmm. literally did dial and the hands fell out. And my Garmin Descent uh, Mark II <laughs> that has a sapphire glass on it, um, it took repeated hits of more than 400 pounds of pressure during a storm while I was hanging onto a ladder. And uh, mm -hmm. my back was bruised for a month because of that incident. So, and when speaking to one of the watchmakers here in Toronto, um, he mentioned that that is all bunk. And what people are reading in yeah. the watch forums does not make sense at all. And these people were so, adhering to it. And you need your legibility. And scratching it on your dive equipment is very common. So, yeah. So I, I would say that it's possible that in terms, like purely in terms of numbers, it is possible that Hardlex may be more uh, shatter resistant than Sapphire. If you were to take equal thickness and, you know, you're talking about like tensile strength and stuff like that, but it does not make as much of a difference as it uh, sounds like it would in a real life situation. Well, Sapphire will have to be hit with something harder than Sapphire to shatter. Exactly. And Hardlex, exactly. Um, what ended up happening to my Hardlex is that the, technically it didn't shatter, it broke. So it yeah. literally chipped all the way through. Because you know when you break. put in so all, all these sort of like glass and and sapphire and stuff, 
the more you scratch it, the more the more like failure points you put into it, the more prone it is to failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having a hard lex crystal means that you do have more of these points of failures as compared to sapphire. So all that previous like tensile strength and shatter resistance goes out the window once you have a weak point on that glass. Yeah, and I'm looking at my Garmin descent and that huge uh, crack that's in it right now. Mm-hmm. I should probably upgrade at some point. <laughs> is there a possibility of changing the crystal on that? Uh, no, I would actually. The Descent Mark II just came out, and mm-hmm. it is a. It's two thousand dollars, but okay. it's it's worth it. Um, bye. I'll see. I'll actually uh, bye. bye bye la bye la. I'll I'll bye la. I'll take it to my watchmaker, and he'll see whether it's actually a point of failure or not. I don't think it is, but we'll see. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. You know, th- these are some of the real like misconceptions that people have, and you know it- it's sort of a bit of marketing spin on on behalf of Seiko. You know they're mm-hmm. still releasing prospect watches like Turtles, uh, the new X, the five KX series and stuff like yeah. that that mm-hmm. still have hard lex crystals, yeah. and that which whole, is which is know, not like... a proper dive watch anymore either. Well, supposedly yeah, it's not. Well, to be honest, hard lex is fine. It's just yeah. eventually you won't be able to read the dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a, a good example of that so. I think is our friend Eric at, at EA8. Oh, yeah, if you go to his Instagram account, you can see a really, really scratched up SKX, and that's what it would look like if you were to wear it as a beater. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. and he and he puts on a vest which is very similar to a buoyancy compensation device as well. Mm-hmm. So it and, would be and, analogous to the he, damage it would get. Yeah, and he also carries a lot of hardware. Uh, yeah, on him, you know, on yeah, his yeah. vest and stuff. So that's, that's e- where EDC stuff, up. you know. Yeah, yeah. a lot and of leather, so the, leather strap making equipment. Yeah. So b- basically, the SKX is a great beta watch as long as you baby it. <laughs> that's that's well, an oxymoron think, if I ever heard one. I think it's uh-huh, a, it's, yep. it's it's a great beta watch as long as you set your expectations correctly. So if you're taking it into a dive setting as a professional. It is mm-hmm. going to create issues. Um, the most common dive watches, which I've seen on dive sites, are solar Seikos, and majority of them do not have sapphire. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so also, they're hot legs as well. Yeah, but keep in mind that divers are broke, mm-hmm. so they're going to okay. buy whatever they can that will last and it's easy maintenance. So, mm-hmm. and that that's a very good option, I would think. Yep, any solar watch I think is a great option. Absolutely. But going back to our, our whole topic on um, El, uh, Le Vumpf and Hodonki, mm-hmm. uh, like w- what else have you seen like floating around on the interwebs that, you know, like opinions from people? Have you guys noticed anything that really strikes you? Um, I think Will, Will actually had a, a really good point uh, made the other Shout day. Shout out to at Watch Clicker again. Yeah. This is yep. a Watch Clicker sponsored podcast, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for the sponsorship money to roll in. Um, he, he's, yep. he just suggested that, yes, money is going in into Hodinki from, I mean, sorry, Hodonki. Um, oh, from, no. Oh, shit. Uh, don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> from from Love. Um, uh-huh. But, as as it's it's kind of just like a partial it's a, a partial investment as they see this brand that is possible for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, it allows Hodonki to produce more of what they have been producing 
recently, especially the the quality of writing. If we can, if we can argue, Ooh. I know, I know. That's that's a very contentious oh. topic. That's a very very contentious topic. You um, don't see it as them investing into a storefront which has been legitimized online that's outside of the boutiques. I'm I'm just I'm just uh, regurgitating what I can remember from okay uh, that's what I see it the as. Wash Clickers post. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean that 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 is like one of the yeah, um, I don't one know. of the I more mean... well formed opinions that I've seen. Yeah, on that sounds the like interwebs. It, that, but that sounds like you're someone's rationalizing it. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to After looking the at the yeah, as opposed to looking at the actual business case. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I think so too. I don't yeah. think Levumph is going into this looking at it that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, they see they see that the, there's potential for growth in this, and obviously, one it's a business after all. They want to see that investment grow. Um, yep. yep. And they see the potential of that kind of growth in uh, Hodonki, but mm-hmm. mm, that obviously comes to an expense of watch enthusiasts who. Who have looked to Hodonki for in in the past at least for you know at least quality consumer writing advice. consumer advice correct um, and mm-hmm. you know the it's it's kind of hard to find these kind of very objective um, consumer advice that isn't clouded by by some sort of uh, investments from from the outside world and here's that, where. That Okay, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead okay, go ahead, Mr. He, Here's where I'm going to call bunk on the watch enthusiast community and say they should get mm-hmm. the fuck over themselves. Why didn't they raise a red flag when they got rid of the only consumer advice column, which was bring a loop? They didn't. Oh, have, have I, I? I actually don't even go to Hodonki anymore, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, could you expand on this? Okay, so bring a loop is. Um, written by a Toronto writer. He's actually a brilliant young man. And literally, he goes over vintage watches and tells you what's up, what's on the market, what to look out for, what's bad, mm-hmm. what's good. And that was... Okay, yeah, I remember and, this. Oh, okay, yes. okay. And recently, uh, the editorial board um, at Hodinkee, which is kind of only led by one person, I think, now from what I've heard, got rid of it and a couple of other columns like that. Now, okay. whether one could actually draw a parallel between actual consumer advice and one which they're receiving investments from a group that would want them to move away from used sales of vintage watches as well, mm-hmm. the business case is there. So I'm calling yeah, bunk I on the whole they, community. They used to like bring up stuff from, you know, they would find watches on sale in other places and they'd point out like, oh, this, because of this, it looks like a redial and stuff yeah. like that, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So they got, they got rid of that recently. They got rid of that. And I think they may have gotten rid of a couple of other columns. Um, but mm-hmm. that was the one that really raised the red flag for me because that, okay. that's as close to as journalism as you're going to get, as opposed to mm-hmm. calling out Swiss brands for making half their watches in China, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So um, that's the only thing which really stood out to me. And I found it interesting that the people in the community did not bat an eye at that. But once this comes, they start throwing papers everywhere. Mm. I mean, I I can say from at least my point of view where um, I I had come across like these bring a loop uh, articles, but 
uh, it wasn't something that I necessarily followed. I think Hodinky for Hodonky for me. <coughs> a bit of itch um, in your throat there. Yeah, just yeah, a bit of itch in my Got throat. Rona. Yeah, um, was more was more for what was like talking the talking watches segments, where it's like you know collectors actually discussing you know why they have why they've bought these watches, why they have gone you know, specifically I don't know Patek or specifically Rolex Daytonas just just getting into mind the minds of of collectors and I think that that was why I kept going back to Hodonki so I got a question um, in the form yeah. of an analogy for you on that one mm-hmm. um you know that Porsche makes the Cayenne and the Macan sport utilities and to a lesser degree you know what I was thinking the exact same thing there I had go. the exact yeah yeah so I why, know exactly why, what you're talking about why can't they produce that shovelware which is this piece of shit fucking journalism or reporting, and still produce the 911 Carrera and the yeah. Boxster or the Cayman, which is the bring a loop and actual journalism content. Yeah. It's kind of like what BuzzFeed does. <laughs> Where? So, you know, like, <laughs> since, we're, since we're bringing up cars, uh, this yeah. actually brings up an interesting point. Because mm-hmm. you guys were talking about it, it's very hard to find a consumer advice. Uh, website or or source that really provides impartial uh, consumer advice. Yeah, and one of those sites is actually Consumer Reports. I think from the US because mm-hmm. they do car reviews, but they make it a uh, they make it a real point where every single one of the cars that they review are bought with their own money, mm-hmm. yeah. and they do not accept uh, sponsorships or even advertisements on their website from any car brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they really can't play that fully impartial, no strings attached card, uh, as far as you know, car reviews are concerned. Mm-hmm. They can, but they can say, car and driver, yeah, road and track, and motor trend, still to this day, do take a giant, heaping, nasty, disgusting dump on a car if it's bad. That's true. Mm-hmm. So That's true. so. Why can't they do that with watches? I think that is the real question. Well, because those magazines have advertising revenues outside of those brands. But hmm. uh, uh, I forget his last name, Jack, but like uh, Doug DeMiro, all the watch, mm-hmm. I mean, car journalists have talked about becoming friends with the PR people at watch brands and stuff and going over and having the endless seas of shrimp. So that friendship mm-hmm. thing is there, and I've encountered that as well with various brands where you get to know the people's families yeah. to a degree. <laughs> so that is there, but they still do have the leeway of saying, this car sucks, it needs improvement. Because yeah. I think the journalism, when it comes to automotive journalism, has reached a point of maturity where it has the legitimacy to stand on its own in that realm. Mm-hmm. So I think you brought up an interesting point, because here in our local car culture, uh, there is a reviewer, I'm not going to name him, but he's gotten very popular on YouTube. And I've been watching his car reviews and I've never noticed him say a single bad thing about any car. There you go. Every mm-hmm. car is great. And and I think the reason for that is because he's relatively small time. So he's just getting into this. And if he releases a negative review, he's not going to get uh, you know, more cars for him to review. So he has to make these positive reviews all the time in order to keep going. 
Mm-hmm. And that kind of just, you know, that, that again, you know, what, what's the point of watching a review if it's just going to be an ad? So basically, it helps to have a, a secondary income stream that uh, can subsidize for, I guess, honesty. What you call it? Yeah, honesty and transparency in, in terms mm-hmm. of writing, right? Yep. Or do what some writers do, which is they take no money from their writing. They have a full time yeah. job and they write honestly about something or they put it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. They, they they write as a passion <clears throat> like exactly. ourselves. But, yeah, but the problem is when you write about a passion, you already <laughs> have your inbuilt biases walking into a conversation, into an article. That's true. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That Yeah, it does make you a writer and not a journalist again. Well, technically what makes a writer or a journalist is that you've actually gone to school for it. You're not working in sales at your mind numbing job. And you come home, and instead of beating your wife and your kids, you go on the laptop and write a watch review. That doesn't make you a fucking writer. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> oh, okay. That that just got real dark real quick. But uh, so so staying yeah, on brand I, I anyway. Wanted... Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I I did you you did mention something earlier, Mister Furry, about uh, meeting up with these brands and you know it get-togethers and the community and meeting people to the point where you even know their family members yeah. and stuff. Um, I can personally say I don't think I've ever had that experience. At least, definitely not as far as getting to know family members. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what is what is the watch community like where you are? Okay, so I live in Toronto, Canada, and I am one of the board members of Red Bar Toronto, and I help organize mm-hmm. Flex. certain things. Trust me, that's not a fucking flex. It's not at all. <laughs> it's, um, but anyway, um, I'm one of the only members of uh, Red Bar Toronto that has gone out to meet other Red Bar members locally. Others do on their mm-hmm. vacations to like Amsterdam or various parts of Switzerland. And Red Bar Ottawa, Red Bar Buffalo, um, beautiful people. And there's not really a bad thing I could say about most of them. Outside mm-hmm. of the little consistencies which run in every single type of a social group that you run into, mm-hmm. that's sure. enthusiast yeah. based. So, yep. So, like uh, that's. Have you noticed any difference between the red bars that you go to? Like, is is there a, a real like difference between the people who attend this sort of events and stuff? Very much so. Um, the smaller the city, the more family like. <laughs> the red bars are so when you get into very large red bars you have cliques of people you have different groups of people that only hang out with each other and personality conflicts come into play Mm -hmm. and at that point you get people who don't like each other and stuff which is ridiculous you're we're all (laughs) grown ass let's admit it most of us are men sounds like sounds like high school It, it, it exactly is high school and a lot of the times it's like if you're on a board of any of these chapters, you're sort of appeasing the people and making sure it's okay. But mm-hmm. the smaller groups, um, and I'm going to give a big shout out to Red Bar Ottawa. Um, best group of people I have met. They are That's all great. like family, all know each other. They sit down and literally all pretentiousness is gone. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. And it's the conversation is watches to start off. Mm-hmm. But after half an hour, it's how was work? Talk. One person works in social work. One person works as a police officer. One person's in government. One person's a lawyer. 
and all the threads come together and before you know it last call has been made it's 1 30 a.m and you have to leave and it's a wednesday night nice oh wednesday night yeah that that's where you really get i think that sense of community and not just you know not just meeting up to flex but yeah to actually engage with fellow enthusiasts and be friends with people Oh, and that's what a community yeah. actually is, I think. Oh, people who come or to flex, be at least. people who come to flex at any red bar chapter, don't come after a couple of visits because they realize that they're first of all they don't got the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. Second, mm-hmm. no one gives a shit about their stuff. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they're more they more they more care about why they got that piece, what it means to them. It's not just oh, I got a Rolex Batman because of whatever reason. Yeah. So okay. um, that is one constant amongst Red Bar. One of their biggest rules is no assholes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for the most part, we do our best to keep assholes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. But no matter what, easier said than done, I think. Oh, yeah. very much so. And um, yeah, the assholes tend to weed themselves out, which is the wonderful thing. They know that they're not welcome so mm-hmm. you know talking about assholes uh i just realized we have three members of the douche patrol hell yeah that's <laughs> right now should we should we get into the the history of the douche patrol or yeah sure Dude, sure go ahead. so uh, you started posting douchebag patrol a few months after i I created the douche patrol and the reason why i think i created it was because i wanted to create the hashtag dp and then Flex. I did a Google <laughs> I, I did a Google search on the hashtag DP and it took me straight to a category in Pornhub. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So change, change it to Douche Patrol. <laughs> it was basically making fun of the watch community where they would essentially flex with a luxury watch in front of a luxury steering wheel of a car. And mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. I one of my friends, his entire Instagram channel or feed is based on this. So that's why I made it a close friends thing. And for all of those of you who nice. are listening, and if you're not on my close friends on Instagram, that's because you've been a gossiping bitch at some point. And I don't trust you with the shit. I, so, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. If you do this. Yeah. And that's not, that's just not the tequila talk. So and this has been our least family friendly podcast so far. Fuck that. Oh, really? Family? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any kids here. I mean, they've all been bad, but I think this may have been the worst. But I can say for a fact that I, I posted Douchebag Patrol because I forgot the hashtag was Douche Patrol. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it was along well those lines, but I, I couldn't be bothered to go back and check. So I just like, I, I think it sounded like this. I'm just going to go with that. It was pretty and low key as well. So. Yeah, it was. It was. But now and, we've and brought in like people of... like Zinful, which I don't know who that is. And she's, oh, uh, she's going to steal a Mercedes, apparently, and go thrown in jail. Nice. <laughs> her, her name is Cynthia. Uh, she actually works with uh, Time and Motions, uh, which is a watch servicing store here in Malaysia. Yeah, sponsor oh. us, please. Because yeah, we're, so, Malaysia. uh, we're fellow out to, Malaysians. Shout out to Time and Motions. Yeah. And Cynthia, if you're listening to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's how it got started. Uh, and yeah, so... That, that was the whole douche patrol thing, which is where we will post very ostentatious uh, flexes. Of, flexes of random watches with, you know, a random steering wheel. And uh, of course, John <laughs> yeah, has also random. come up with, uh, John has also come up with poverty patrol. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> for those who he deems are unworthy of being douche patrols. <laughs> which, which is a category of douchebaggery on its own, I think. 
Well, (laughs) douchebaggery and being a douche is a mental state. It doesn't matter what you have. As long as you think it elevates you above your common man, you're a fucking douche. I agree with that, but John does not. No. Well, that's because John has never known poverty. True. Whoa, are we going there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I still cry every single time I open my fridge and see fresh fruits and vegetables. So... Okay, so uh, coming back to coming back to uh, like uh, yeah, I know like the watch community in in places where we know. Um, yeah. So John, um, what's Red Bar like in Melbourne? Uh, Red Bar in Melbourne, we tend to we tend to go to this one particular Thai restaurant. It's called Jinda Thai, and they make arguably the best Thai food in all of Melbourne. Uh, you can sponsor us as well, Jin Datai, if you're listening, which you probably aren't. Um, yeah, so <laughs> like we generally book up like three or four tables, and we just fill all of that, and everyone's just there. Like, like uh, like what Furry has been saying, you know, we we just go there. Pretentiousness goes out of the window. Yeah, there mm-hmm. there's some you know gorgeous watches on the show, but there's also a lot of watches that you know people don't necessarily see in. In everyday cases, um, and yeah, you know, everyone's just there to enjoy the company of each other. You know, we're there having great food. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe drinking some beers or or Thai milk tea. No, um, there's also a bit of an offshoot called Watch Enthusiast Melbourne, which is a very imaginative name. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Anthony Doe for starting that. Uh, and yeah, like he's, he's got a good Doe. Instagram. Oh yeah. 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 One, I would say and one of the at, best at Anthony Doe. Uh, at Anthony Dot Doe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Dot Doe. Um, yeah. Um, and we have we have joined events with Time and Tide. Also, shout out to Time and Tide. You can sponsor us as well. Hey, Andrew, what's up? <laughs> um, where where they've also you know invited watch brands to come in to you know present new their new watches and yeah just like a nice evening of of drinks and and food and just getting together and just talking watches and it's it's great it's a lot of fun so we've had we've had like jlc in before um oh nice yeah we've had piaget where they brought in their Flex. altiplano concept yeah I'm, I'm flexing right here um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there was there was an, there was also a, there's been other events. I think there was one, Nomos, mm-hmm. went to a Nomos oh, okay. event. Yeah, and that was, that was so they're, they're very, very active, pretty much. Very active. Yeah. Oh, and and Omega as as well. Like, mm-hmm. been to, been to a couple of events at the Omega boutique in in Chadston in Melbourne, mm, mm-hmm. courtesy of uh, Anthony Doe as well. And yeah, it's it's been it's been great fun. And like, it's a it's a very kind of close-knit community where we get to know the watch brands. Not necessarily like, like as uh, Ferry has said, where you get to know their families and all that, but you know, you, you, you're speaking to people who are working at these brands, w- whether they're mm-hmm. in a managing position or a marketing position or just sales. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, and you just get to know a whole bunch of people and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I can say it's it's kind of sad that Malaysia does not really have this sort of scene. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's it's a little bit it's it's very different. I think I would say, uh, there there are basically there's basically one huge uh, watch community in Malaysia. Uh, it's called Malaysia Watch Group, and yeah. they do events once in a while. Uh, not really in collaboration with brands generally. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the events as well are you know they 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 try to make it very exclusive in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually a very posh restaurant booked out just for the event entirely. Yeah, and uh, I've attended one of them. Uh, it was good fun. Met a lot of nice people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I think because it's it's a very young community, it's a very very much a growing community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you we still have our fair share of douchebags and assholes as well. <laughs> well, you're kind of forgetting yeah. about our good friend Marshall and the Matic. He's yes. sort of yeah, getting I that actually, going on too. I actually that, wanted to yeah, bring up what, um, like the 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 Matic event that that we went to earlier this year before the pandemic was you know a, a major issue and that yes, felt that, that felt a lot like what i had experienced back in melbourne and maybe what furry has experienced back in in toronto or ottawa yeah so mm-hmm. so that that is what i did want to get into as well like uh following up from from mwg because they're the, they're the biggest community here in malaysia yeah uh the matic uh, we're a lot smaller so we have, you know, like our, our attendance wise, we are we generally limit the number of people we invite to maybe about 30 or 40 people max. Uh, we host it in very small, cozy venues, as mm-hmm. you know, John. Yeah. So generally speaking, you know, like uh, it, it's a very different thing. And and Matic, because it, it's a small community, it's, it's run purely by a couple of enthusiasts who are doing full-time jobs, myself yeah. included. So we do have some difficulty arranging events on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But the notice one, I think, was our first really big and uh, hugely successful event, if yeah, I can yeah. say so myself. Of course. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And of course, we had a second one planned uh, mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a couple of weeks ago uh, yeah. with Omega yeah. for the whole My Speed Master Story campaign. Yeah. Which, which was, was also the never, Which was never posted anywhere by any other uh, watch uh, website ever before never anything nothing. no, no. Not, invented no invented nothing. yeah invented by invented you guys. by us yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, th- th- they started to be it. fair it was yeah yeah uh but you know like that was the second event that we were supposed to have but it got cancelled because of the pandemic understandably i think yeah uh obviously safety comes first yeah so you know that that was unfortunate but again that that would have been a lot of fun i think yeah can I speak and, from the heart? Oh yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, go for, go for it. That is the reason why I decided to write for the Matic because okay. it was literally pieced together by enthusiasts mm-hmm. that were professionals. And I'm not speaking about professionals as in you get a bachelor's degree and you go out to get a job and you eventually call yourself a professional. I'm talking about actual professionals who get a professional degree and go out and have a sense of liability. It was mm-hmm. a website run by professionals, um, and it has a sense of integrity to it. Mm-hmm. And you, um, Marshall, and to be honest, one of the funniest people on the internet, Vincent, <laughs> give 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 an air of uh, honesty and integrity that is missing from all other venues. And Marshall has built a really beautiful small community for it. And it doesn't surprise me that the Notice event went as beautifully as it did with a pandemic looming. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we we really we were cutting it close with that. Like literally, oh, yeah. I think a the week, week after that, a week later, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. the the whole country was on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So we really dodged a bullet there. Yeah, Wes was uh, stuck in Macau I, for like a month. Yeah, with so. his uh, fortunately with his parents. So I mean, he yes. was pretty happy to have some family time mm. as well. A lot of good food, but uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, thank thanks uh, for saying that, Mister Furry. I mean, yeah. you know, like uh, it, it does mean a lot to us at thematic. Shout out thematic dot blog, and yeah. you know Marshall and all. Because and, and you know it's that, honest because is... you guys don't have the money to afford mics. So you know, I'm <laughs> saying it from the bottom of my heart here. That's right. That's right. It took you guys like so... a half a year to get mics. So you know it's get honest, one right? mic oh really? yeah, one. <laughs> just one we're still waiting we're still waiting for more sponsorship to roll in so we can so we can get another mic for myself Oof. so so for anyone who's wondering why i sound a lot better today it's because i have a mic now yeah yep um, john still does not have um we we also can't go past this topic about watch communities without talking about our beloved Penang, our logical appreciation group. Oh. Yes, our P H A G for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You can decide the pronunciation uh, that, on your own. On your own. It's Pag. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Uh, yeah. Pag. Pag. So yeah, uh, you want to go on a bit about that, John? Um. Well, the only basically the reason why we actually had the Casey and John John podcast was because of Pag. Yes, because we yeah. met on Perhag. Because we met, we met well via Instagram, and then that's that's actually when I realized, like, oh shit, you know, Penang actually has uh, a lot of people who are Watch into enthusiast. watches as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how I met you. That's how I met um, Jason from It's About Time Ten Ten. I met Shen. How we met Shen? WC. Yeah. You know. And uh, Chris, and then Chris, uh, Chris is watch code code idiot. Yep. And then GF, GF, GF watches, or GF watch. Sorry. Uh Yep. And And Jimmy from Watch Stories. Yeah, Watch Stories. Just a lot. Just a lot of great guys. And I feel that also, like when when Furry was talking about Ottawa as like a like a, a family in a way where you just get together and all pretentiousness goes out the window, and you really just you know, get together and just talk a whole lunch, a whole lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily about work because not all of us can talk about that. Um, yep. <clears throat> uh, like it's just, it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to get together with like a whole bunch of people with similar kind of mindset, I suppose, into collecting watches. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, we have to say that you were the closest one to being the douchebag or asshole <laughs> as far as Plahag was concerned. <laughs> Because we would be there sitting down with like vintage Seikos, you know, at most uh, an Omega, a Tudor, Black Bay and stuff. Uh-huh. And then in comes this guy with a Laurent Ferrier, a Patet Philippe, oh, a Moser. Baguette. Yes. And, <laughs> and yeah, that was, you know, like that, that was, the, you were the closest thing that we have to a douchebag as yeah. far as Pahag is concerned. Uh-huh. But I just uh, turned out. I just turned out to be a pretty, pretty cool guy. Just pretty chill, uh, very laissez-faire. I'm still not convinced. Really, I'm still not convinced. You're, not. you're still on probation, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> probation for like three years. Yeah, because that's how much time it's taking for us to judge you. 
but yeah, uh, it, it's I I think we you know having mentioned all these local communities and stuff, yeah. we also have to mention uh, our good friends, including Mr. Furry here from hashtag GDMFE2. Yeah, are we still using that hashtag? Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. we are. Like, we're up to like six thousand posts now. I think on that hashtag. I stopped using it about a year and a half ago. I think it's time to start using it. Again. What a douche! Yeah, but I don't post. That's the thing about my Instagram thing. Like for people who are, I am technically twenty percent of the audience of your listing audience here. <laughs> for the other eighty percent, like my Instagram channel is primarily not watches. So yeah, it's more photography, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's. But I mean, for the ones where you do have watches, you could always use the hashtag again. That's true. Yeah. You know what? You you but... you just since you put it that way, you convinced me. Yes. There you nice. go. I'm so convinced. See how influential nice. the Casey and John John show is. Exactly. Yeah, incredibly influential. We yeah. managed to convince one guy to use a hashtag that he used to use. Let's yeah. rebrand that as the saying influential to the point of convincing 20% of an audience to do what they say. Nice. Now that's why you should be hired to do the marketing for our podcast. I yeah. do have a background in business marketing, so. Oh. Flex. Flex. <laughs> yeah. Basically, well, yeah, I mean, uh, that... business marketing is a uh, slang for getting a um, degree and getting laid at a party school in North America. <laughs> so nice. it's not a flex at all. So. <laughs> I think it kind of is. But yeah, I mean, we, we can't do this podcast without mentioning them as well. Because I mean, the, the only reason why you're here is because we met online. Yep. Like, yeah. You know, as that sticker says, you're my internet friend. Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. met you guys through at JWIT94. And yep. it was our friend Jake. Yep. Our, our good friend Jake, which I have threatened with adoption many times. And <laughs> it was for a Brightling event in Toronto. He drove all the way from Buffalo, New York, United States. They're not allowed in our country anymore. And he drove <laughs> all the way here. And I saw him at the Omega Boutique. And he looked mm-hmm. like a gentleman at Red Bar Toronto. So I walked up to him and I immediately said the wrong gentleman's name. And he was like, no, my name is Jake. And I'm from <laughs> Buffalo. And I instantly remembered that <laughs> wow. that's, that's sort of what he sounds like. And he and I instantly remembered that he said, I'm I'm coming to Toronto. Brightling event. Hit me up. And I was like, Jay Wick? <laughs> and he looked, he looked at my wrist and he was like, furry? And I was like, dude. He was like, dude. And then, <laughs> yeah. And I very recently uh, bought a watch which was which he was getting rid of that I called dibs on two years ago, which was a Tudor Ranger. Right. And I am over the moon with it. I don't like the watch at all. I just love this gentleman so much that I love the watch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that, the watch because of what it represents. Exactly. Which is a beautiful human being that is excelling every single day at his life at a point that yep, every other yep. person should emulate. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and then he introduced me to you guys and everything. And yep. then it was and all the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why we're here now. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, on that note, I think we're going to have to call an end to this podcast, but I definitely think we have much more things to say, maybe in a future episode again. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, for, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, hope you guys had fun. And I think it's time for our signature sign out. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
beautiful. That was beautiful. Cheers, gentlemen. I'm going to keep this in as well. See you guys. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Casey and John John Show. The Casey and John John Show may cause abdominal discomfort, flatulence, reduced sex drive, and alcohol dependence. The Casey and John John Show is approved by one out of ten doctors. Casey and John John do not take any responsibility for any side effects experienced from listening to their podcast.